Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is another episode of Funky Friday. I know you missed me. Good move, Cam, back in a Panthers helmet and uniform. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Newton bends low, takes the snap, short drop, hits the quarterback draw. Oh! I think this is what we need. We need Odell Beckham in a new place, and we need Cam Newton back in his old spot. Here we go. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Earlier on the show, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up, Super Bowl champion quarterback Trent Dilfer. Plus, TJ's big-ass grab bag and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Ian Rappaport in hour number one talking about how Odell went to the Rams. He got six offers, including the the stealth one from the Rams. It wasn't stealth to Odell. It was just stealth to the rest of us. Although we should have seen that one coming since, uh, again, do you got the sound of we heard this? We heard this two Mondays ago all throughout Los Angeles, California. Uh, this is Les Snead just walking around his house making calls. There it is. <laughs> There's the church bells going off right there. We heard that sound again. It was tolling, peeling when we uh, walked out of here yesterday that Odell Beckham is now a Ram. And to discuss that and so much more about what is going on in the National Football League, what a crazy week it was. Uh, our friend from uh, the head coach of Lipscomb Academy Football in the great state of Tennessee and uh, Super Bowl champion and one of my favorite people I've gotten to meet uh, in my time in the NFL uh, on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, our friend Trent Dilfer. How are you, Trent? Rich, how are we doing, buddy? Better for talking to you, man. How's everything with you? How's everything? Good. Getting ready for our uh, quarterfinal matchup tonight. Okay. Who we, who are we beating tonight, Trent? Who are we beating? A uh, place called Silverdale out of yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thanks, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brockman, don't say that. Don't put him in that position. Sorry, Come on. He's the head coach here. Don't I'm trying to hype him up. Okay. Well, we're, we're hyped up for you, man. We're hyped up for Thank you. Thank you. It'll you're, be fun. You're welcome. Well, thanks for taking the time on, on, on a game day to do this. Um, how do you see Odell? Well, let's start. Let's start the first thing. Why didn't Odell work in Cleveland, best you can tell, Trent? Uh, part, he was banged up part of the time. I think the offense isn't structured for a player like Odell. How so? Uh, what do you mean by that? Stiff, and I like, by the way, I'm not criticizing Stefanski. I, I actually think it's a pretty good way to play, to win on offense. For, mm-hmm. for complementary football, a lot of times you have kind of dude-based offenses where you're going to get the dudes the ball no matter what. You're going to compromise some of your core values as a team. Uh, as an offense, just try to feed the hungry, right? And Odell's hungry. He wants to be fed all the time. Uh, and that works. Like, if you're wide open, if you're going to throw it a lot, if you don't really care about getting the runners going, getting your offensive line going downhill, time of possession, metrics, things like that, that's a great way to play. Fans love it. It puts up points. Uh, a lot of old 
school coaches will tell you it's not a winning formula. Stefanski comes from kind of an old school lineage of offensive football. Uh, theirs is more system based. It's more um, they're going to they're going to dictate terms the run game and the action game, and the perimeter guys are going to fall into place based on how the defense plays you. So you're not drawing up ball plays to get the ball to receivers. You're drawing up ball plays to puncture the inside of the defense, get your second level to activate, get your tight ends, inside players in between the hashes of the ball. And then if the de- defense starts reacting to that, now you get the ball outside to your quote-unquote deuce. Okay. Uh, again, one's not better than the other. It's just philosophical differences on how NFL coaches call offense. Um, I think that's one of the reasons. I think Baker is a guy that needs to be – he needs to be system-driven. He's a system quarterback, and that's not a knock either. There's very few that aren't system guys. There, there's very few that are transcendent, um, system transcendent. Uh, Baker is a system guy. He needs, to, he needs to play the position as much like Drew Brees as possible, get the ball out of his hand in the passing game, and take his shots in the action game. Uh, again, you're not going to have a lot of volume to Odell when you do things like that. So I know these are esoteric, kind of no. long-winded answers, but that's the that's the reality of the NFL that the fan doesn't understand, that you are all part of a system. And if you don't fit that system, you're not going to put the numbers you would have in the system prior that you were in when you put a big number. So then I mandated before moving on about w- w- what the system is with the Rams and how it works for Odell f- to ask you, for Browns fans, do you think that the what what Stefanski's bringing is what is the system that Baker needs? Do you think I that's a fit? I don't think I with the Ram. Are you asking me what it's going to look like in the Rams? No. Before we get to that, just oh. lingering about the system you talked about with Stefanski and how Baker needs a system. Uh, is this the right one for him, in your estimation? Baker. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I think this is perfect for him, and I think okay. Stefanski is very smart. He knows who he has. He's got a very, very high-quality starting quarterback in the NFL. He does not have a Superman. And when you don't have a Superman uh, or a superhero, uh, a la Holmes, Rodgers, Lamar, Kyler Murray, um, Russell Wilson, there's probably a couple others, then your system, you need to call plays and build everything you do around your quarterback because you're trying to enhance your quarterback with every play that you call. Um, and the, I think Stefanski's doing it perfectly. High-volume run game, action pass, efficiency in the passing game. They need to get better in critical situations, third down, red zone, uh, end of game stuff. That comes with time for quarterbacks. I think he will naturally be better at that. Uh, the one, the, the big argument to the way Stefanski plays, the way uh, Mike Shanahan called plays, the way Kyle Shanahan calls plays, Kubiak, you can go down that whole tree, is can you throw your team back for – into a game from a two-score deficit. And that's really the counterpunch to this style of offense is great. It sounds awesome. It works. It's, tr- it's tried and tested. Um, but very rarely do you throw your team back from a two-score deficit. And I get that. I mean, you look at these wide-open offenses, we've never seen more two-score comebacks than we have in the last five years. Uh, a lot of it's because teams are moving away from this philosophy and playing more wide open. All right, so then now let's move to Odell in in uh, McVay's system. Do you like it? What do you think? How's it going to work? I like it, but I don't see big volume. I don't see Odell being a volume guy. I see him being a big play guy. I think it's a yard yards per um, reception metric if you're going to look at it from a number standpoint. Odell's not a burner, but he's an incredible deep threat. He's very fast. I'm not saying he's not fast, 
But his real gift is his ability to adjust to the ball while it's in the air. And this is something I'm always trying to teach people in football. Deep receivers is not speed, okay? Uh, there's a lot of fast guys. Now, you get a Tyreek Hill, that's different. I mean, that's beep, beep, road runner speed, right? But there's a lot of guys that are in that 4-4 four, four to 4-5-5, four, five, five, really, really fast. And if somebody says 4-5-5 five, five isn't fast, you go time the fastest guys on lasers, and most of them are going to be in that low 4-5s on a laser. So you're talking 4-4 four, four to 4-5-5. Four, five, five. That is real speed. That is NFL speed. Um, just because they run fast doesn't mean they're deep threats. A deep threat is a guy that can get to top speed quickly, mm-hmm. but then adjust to the ball in the air. And think about just in the simplest form, if you caught a fly ball, right? If somebody hits you, you're out there with your kid, and you pop a ball up, and he's got all this. He's 12 years old. He has all this time to kind of get underneath the ball and judge it and the arc of it and get his feet underneath it and catch it. And then you just rip a line drive to your 12-year-old. Well, he's not going to have time to adjust to it, right? He's going to go, whoa, that thing's going to go right by him, or unless you rip it perfectly like you probably would, he just puts his glove up and catches it. Thank you. So a deep threat receiver is a guy who can do both. He's a guy that can catch a fast-tempo ball down the field and adjust to a lobby ball, a 45-yard or 55-yard sideline post. And while that boy, ball's there, and please watch this fan because TV is so good now and you get these great replays, especially the all-22s. Watch the angle they start at, and then they're, as they're tracking the ball, watch how they can maintain top speed and then adjust their bodies and adjust their angles to the ball, adjust their eyes, time up their hands, time up their feet, all these different things that it takes to be a great deep ball receiver. It's more than just speed. Odell is phenomenal at this. He adjusts to a ball, any tempo of a ball, as well as anybody I evaluated when he came out. Uh, that doesn't go away. He's going to be a massive deep threat. Uh, I still think Cup's going to be the, the volume guy. They still need to run the football. Uh, Woods is more your uh, space guy, more your hybrid. Uh, Van Jefferson's a good player, but I think he gives Van Jefferson a chance to kind of develop a little bit more. Uh, but I think Odell's going to be a guy. You're not going to see him catching a ton of hitches. I think you're going to see slants the score and big balls. Trent Dilfer here on the Rich Eisen Show uh, after uh, Week 10 begins on Thursday Night Football. Again, you're kind of my Tua whisperer. I know you've been around the kid forever. We, we've been talking about him for years. What What do you think? Are the Dolphins handling him properly? I know that's a, that's a, a loaded question potentially, but I want to ask it because uh, it just seems – you know, with with kicking tires on Deshaun Watson uh, twice, preseason, midseason, owner meeting him, doesn't start, banged up finger, comes in, um, wins a game. What does it all mean? Do you think they're handling him properly in Miami? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson, aside from the legal stuff, and I think that's been well documented if you mm-hmm. can get that, those things settled, I think there's 20 teams that are kicking the tires or wanted to kick the tires on Deshaun. I mean, he's a he's a generational talent. He's one of the best. What he was playing is one of the best players in the league. He was up for the MVP in discussion early last year. I mean, he's a guy that everybody wants. Um, I I don't. Let's take the Deshaun thing out of it. Yeah, I kind of like how they're handling. The best move they made as an organization was bringing Charlie Fry into their coaching staff. Charlie Fry is one of the great young football minds in all of football. Um, he has really been the glue of that offense that's 
got if, you know, all that cool stuff they were talking about last night. Mm-hmm. So I watched more of the Thursday night game last night than I'm watching any Thursday night game. And I was like, wow, they're doing some cool stuff on offense, even in the run game, because they're not very good running the football, but they're trying to find ways to find creases in the run game. And you can hear Troy and you can hear Troy start to say, man, some of this stuff's pretty cool. Well, that's pretty creative. Oh, look what they did here. Then they run the cool little trick play. And, you know, they're doing some stuff offensively that is pretty creative and, and pretty uh, fun to watch. They're just not great. Right? They got, what, 12, 27 tight ends in Waddle. Uh, and you don't even know the running backs' names. I mean, they, they don't have a ton of offensive weaponry to deal with. So they're, they're scratching and clawing trying to be the best offense they can be. And they want Tua to play efficiently. And he played efficiently with a bad finger. Uh, he made some big plays in the fourth quarter. Um, push the ball down the field, I think, as much as he can right now. You can definitely see that there's a lack of horsepower right now with the finger, and then it got banged up again. But, yeah, I like how they're handling them. They're, they're trying to salvage this season. They're building an identity of defense, special teams, and an efficient offense. They're not going to be explosive this year, maybe not next year, but maybe in a couple years as they start drafting more towards offense. They got Kaseki, Waddle. They need a couple more, and I think they can be a pretty darn good offense. Do you think it, too, is going to be there? Do you think it's his future? I, mean, I don't. I, again, at this point, things have gone so weird with the Deshaun situation. I don't know. I mean, I know they like him. Internally, they like him a lot. Do they love him? Are they dating him or are they married to him? And that, that's the question we're now for all these young quarterbacks mm-hmm. as they hit their third year, fourth year. Are you dating him? Are they the hot blonde that kind of, you know, you don't really mesh personality-wise, but you want to take her on a date? Or are they your wife, like mine, of 29 years that's hot and smart and a great mom <laughs> and all this stuff? You know, and I'm like, I'm married. Like, I, please don't leave me. Um, right. right. You know, that's, that's how these organizations talk about, their, talk about their, their quarterbacks. Are they Cassandra Dilfer, who's a 10 in every which way? Hmm. We want to marry this. We're going to pay you as much as we can. We're going to build an organization around you. Please don't leave me. Or are they the hot blonde that you're like, eh, she's cute. It's a nice Instagram picture. Fun movie. Went to a nice dinner. Hmm. Um, but we have nothing in common, you know? So if she moves on, that's fine. You know, I think that's kind of to dumb it down to its simplest form. That's the conversation within organizations. And so Charlie Fry's great mind, uh, was that his, uh, design, uh, screen pass to the right guard? Uh, to, you know, I don't know. I that... don't want to, you know, God sees a good, good coach. They have other good coaches. I, I know that Charlie and two are very connected. Yeah. Uh, I know that most of this creativity and you can just see it when you look at trends, uh, when you start seeing jet motions and zone reads and RPOs and unique trick plays and specials, that has Charlie Fry written all over it. But I'm sure it's collective uh, within the offensive staff. They kind of do it like Jim Harbaugh does it at Michigan, like some coaches do it, where it's a it's a collective effort offensively. There may right. be a guy with the coordinator title, but they're all kind of piecing it together. But you definitely have known Charlie forever. I played with them. I brought him into the eleven. You know, groomed him. Um, you can see his offensive. In fact, you can go to Central Michigan, pull off plays when he was the coordinator, and you saw him last night for the Dolphins, and they worked. Remember when they ran that fake run play tight end coming across the formation, hit him in the flat, they, this fly motion where they got the guy down the sideline because Baltimore wasn't adjusting to the fly motion, and they got the receiver down the left sideline 
Like those are all things he's been doing for years. He's very, very, very creative in the run RPO action game. Now I wasn't trying to uh, drag you into uh, another problem in South Florida for the coaching staff, Trent. Uh, well, I was I was making a cute reference to the Robert Hunt uh, right guard. Uh, oh, that trying... one that was fantastic. How, how athletic <laughs> is that kid, man? I mean, have I you ever seen anything like that? Like he was turned. Like he 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 looked like he was the eligible receiver, and poor Gaskin could have gotten it. I've never seen anything like it my entire it's, life. Trent. It's so funny because it happens in practice all the time. Does it really? Whenever you're, yeah, when you're a slow screen team, and that's that play is it's a slow screen. Every team in the NFL has a version of it. Most any old school coaching staff has a slow screen. A lot of the new staffs have the fast screens, but any slow screen where you're releasing guard, center, tackles, pass protecting, trying to get the end to go by him. They, they come out together, and the way you teach it is guard, center, come out, and you, you're almost hip to hip. And you want to get to the railroad tracks, and then you want to get vertical. Well, every time in practice, whenever there's a stunt or something happens on the defense line, the guard or the center gets kind of kicked back. And the quarterback, if he's not experienced, he's just going to throw it to a spot, and you see it hit the guard in the helmet. You see it hit him in the chest. You know, the guard's not flat enough. I mean, slow screens are hard to execute at a high level. Now, I've never seen a guard <laughs> – go out, get kicked backwards, and turn around like, well, I'll just catch the ball. I'm not necessarily to the railroad track, so I'll just catch the ball and I'll go run with the ball. I mean, that was crazy. It's almost as if he told his buddies, hey, if I get held up getting out on the screen, I'm just going to catch the sucker and run. <laughs> and get cartwheel and reach out for the goal. I was just, he's yeah. living his best life, man. I I love that. Uh, hey, last one for you. Um, I, I, this, one's a, this one's a little personal, Trent. The, yeah. je- the Jets. Who is Mike White? What is Mike White? And is it entirely possible that 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 he's the answer and not Zach Wilson? You're hearing now, like, hey, you know, Robert Sala's like he isn't the. It's not awkward. It's awesome. Is basically what he's saying right now. What, what do you What do you think from afar? Well, there? You're the, you're the, I've been actually thinking about this one a lot. Okay, because um, I saw White play at Western Kentucky. And I thought he was pretty good. I, I really thought he was pretty good. Now he didn't really fit where the NFL was going. Zach fits where the NFL is going with a highly athletic kind of. Um, creative, artistic quarterback. Mike's kind of, I mean, he's a good athlete, but he, he's your traditional, just kind of like sit in the pocket, rip fire, chunk yardage plays, make quick decisions, you know, that kind of guy. And I thought of Heath Schuler, Gus Farratt. And I was drafted that same year. So Heath went number three to the Redskins. I went six to Tampa. And then Gus went in the seventh round of the Redskins. And those, and I was in that draft. I'm like, Gus is as good as Heath and I. Like, I saw Gus play in college. I'm like, why is he going in the seventh round? Mm-hmm. Like, he's every bit as good as Heath and I. <laughs> he just didn't have this glamorous college career. And I'm kind of thinking this could end up, uh, if Mike plays well in the Big Apple and Jets loyalists like you start jumping on the bandwagon, <laughs> which you should, Right, if the guy plays well, he gets an opportunity. Right. He's winning games. You should be all over it. Um, why can't this be Gus Farrat? He should learn, and we don't hear about Zach Wilson. You know, he plays a few years in the NFL, and then he's <sighs> off in the sunset. Mike White's the quarterback. It's very possible. I mean, you teach these quarterbacks from the time they're 14 years old. Control what you can control, and then when you get an opportunity, you make the most of it. And Mike White's the the poster boy for getting an opportunity here and yeah. making the most of it. Well, the problem is, though, is that the Jets don't need – I mean, Gus Farratt, God bless him, and he had a nice nice run, and he's more known for hitting his head and, you know, hurting his neck, you know, in celebration, to be honest with you, Trent. Like, we're, 
Jets need the generational talent. They, they need they need the guy that you're talking about, Mahomes, that sort of thing. Like that's what the Jets hope to have in Zach Wilson. And now here comes Mike White. Is that a problem? Well, I guess he's and Salah's saying it's not it's not awkward. It's awesome. Do you agree with that? Okay, could be this way too. I'll give okay. you another. Gus Farage was just talking about like the late rounder, the guy mm-hmm. nobody knew of becoming the guy because he became right. the guy in the Redskins. Mm-hmm. To answer your question about you need the generational talent, yeah. this is why I don't think you play him right away. I, I'm a total outlier here. I know I'm like one of one person that still thinks sit him, but I look at two of the generational talents right now, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, and they both sat. And Zach Wilson never should have started. He never should be playing right away. I mean, and I said this in the draft. If you go back to the BYU stuff, he does amazing flash and sizzle stuff. You cannot argue with the talent. It was jaw-dropping at times, and it was equally jaw-dropping when he passed open hundreds of wide receivers that were wide-ass open standing right in front of him to go do something spectacular. And the same exact thing happened when he started playing for the Jets is he's passing up these open players to go try to do something better, and maybe he needs to sit for a year and watch Mike White just deal, just run the offense execute, play at a high level, make a play here and there, and go, oh, that's how Tom Brady's played for 48 years and won 12 Super Bowls. He just plays the position like a professional. And until Zach Wilson learns to play the position like a professional, which a lot of us don't really ever figure out, Mm -hmm. I'll be one of them, it took me until my body was broken to figure out how to play it like a professional. But until you learn how to play it like a professional, you're not going to be consistent. And consistency is what is great in the NFL, not flash and sizzle. The flash and sizzle comes out if you're special four to eight times a game. If you're not special, two to four times a game. You are the best, Trent Dilfer. Love you. Best to your wife. Good luck tonight. Let's do this again. Appreciate you, Rich. Anytime. Right back at you. That's Trent Dilfer at Dilfer's Dimes. Right on uh, Twitter right there. God, I just love the way he presents it. (laughs) Maybe Zach doesn't need to sit the whole year. Maybe just a couple weeks watching Mike White's enough. Or maybe Mike White's the guy. Chunk plays. I haven't heard that word for the Jets in a long time. Chunk plays. As long as those are to Michael Carter, Rich, I'll be happy. And then Odell just, do you think, do, uh, again, do the Rams have to say, you come here, you won't get a lot of volume, but these are the routes that we're going to run? You, they had to have had that discussion with him. And he had to have wanted to hear, how are you going to use me? Right? And, and it just, again, shows you. You can cut a video of you being wide open and you are not a system fit. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. They can be happening at the same time. You're open. You're not a system fit. Reason why you're not getting the ball is because the system is being run by the quarterback, wanting to put it here, there, the other thing. doesn't matter that you're open. And now maybe Stafford just says, screw it. I'll put it up. Let him adjust because that's what he's so great at. And Cup's doing this and Daryl Henderson's doing that and Robert Woods is doing this and we're going to win the Super Bowl together because the other guy can't stay upright because Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and Rich Eisen Show's scheduled Monday guest, Aaron Donald, is coming for the quarterback. There you go. I'm breaking news within my own studio. I was to my say, <laughs> 99's coming on. Uh, let's take a break. I do believe a man, the man who, uh, along with Iron Eagle, called last night's Thursday night football game on Westwood One. Ross Tucker's about to call into the program. Nice. Um, from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, 
as Dan Patrick refers to him, the meathead James Vanderbeek. It's a very good one. Wow. See that? Dan Edson, Dan have nailed that one. Coming up next. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed passion drive and patience The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, John Wolford wears 13. Yeah, not so. anymore. Odell can wear three. His yeah. college number. Is that, is that right? By the way, when I mentioned that about the Packers, apparently three is retired for the Packers. Oh, three is available for the Rams. All right, there you go. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so um, I was on my way last night um, uh, getting ready to lose my shirt in my weekly poker um, <laughs> That's group. Nice. Uh, so I did what I always do on my way to pokers. I popped on. Shirts. I popped on the uh, the Thursday night football game, and I and Eagle and this man with a highly entertaining call. I called up just at the time as I heard him put the Ziggy on uh, Justin Tucker, and I and called him out for Tucker on Tucker violence. That's oh. what he said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Ross Tucker here on the Rich Eisen show. It's been a while, Ross. How are you, sir? Rich, I'm fantastic. Thank you for listening last night. It was and, a great listen. You guys are great together. Rich, you should see some of the tweets I got from people that were listening to the game. We've gotten to the point now mm-hmm. where people really do believe the announcers have that kind of power. I mean, one guy tweeted me and said, maybe you should STFU now. Oh, And I, oh. I replied back to him. I said, are you a Ravens fan or did you just bet on the game? <laughs> or he could have had Justin Tucker in fantasy, and that's a minus one. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's any rational thought behind it, but it was just funny the way that Ian is so funny, and you, the two of you together are terrific, man. I enjoyed the listen quite a bit. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I just only wish I had been listening. I was already out of the car when the Robert Hunt moment in the sun occurred. I'll just give uh, you, sir, 
the floor on what this means for big men everywhere to see him just live his best life, throw caution to the wind, and hope that nobody noticed a six foot six, two hundred, three hundred and twenty-seven pound man was ineligible. You know, what do you think? Well, Rich, I mean, it's one of my favorite plays ever, and I do. A, I call a lot of games. Yes, you do. And I'm so glad I was there for it. <laughs> and th- there's just so many aspects of it that are hilarious. I mean. Miles Gaskins going out for the screen, and Hunt turns around and looks for the ball like like it's for him, and he's the right guard. I mean, I think I tweeted it was my favorite touchdown pass to a right guard I've ever seen. I, I mean, you know, sometimes there's tackle eligibles. There's never a guard like that. But what's crazy is just how athletic he looked, yeah. and then he dove for the end zone and reached it over the goal line. He looks like, you know they always say, act like you've been there before? He looked like he's done it before. I literally said blind on the broadcast that he must have played running back or tight end in high school. We tried to look it up during the break, and we saw he averaged 19 points and 11 rebounds in basketball, (laughs) but we didn't see anything about other sport, you know, other positions. And then I saw his quotes after the game where he said he played a little wide receiver. He had to. I mean, he looked. He looked legit with the ball in his hand. I just love that he made a move. But the thing I love, too, is that, you know, uh, even I got caught up in it, too. I thought he could have been, you know, eligible. But then I'm like, wait a minute. He's an interior lineman. There's no way on planet Earth he could have been eligible at all. And But I guess everybody except for him, Gaskins, and I guess uh, Tua had to know this was off. But nobody else could. So the everyone else was blocking like this is a play, and everyone else was tackling like this is a play. I, I, I don't know why. I just loved every last second of it. Ross, well, that was amazing. Rich, there was a split second where I thought I had missed something, right? And that maybe he had lined up at tight end, you know? Because I, could be, I, you know, I didn't see the flag. The flag didn't come out right away for illegal touching, and I thought. <laughs> Did he line up at tight end? Like, did they just run a screen to Robert Hunt? I mean, it was. You have to understand, Rich. Right? Like, every person, every guy that played O line <laughs> in junior high, high school, Pop Warner, NFL, the, we all lived vicariously through Robert Hunt last. Night. I mean, look, I was glad to play in the NFL. I love playing line. But we all just once want to know what it's like to have the ball. Now, I played fullback in seventh grade, scored a touchdown. I don't think about that every day. But that, I mean, honestly, most of us have never touched the ball. So to see one of us, you know, one of us that when they were in third grade was called Husky, you know. Now when they're older, they're called a big guy, right? We know what that means. We know what you're saying. To see one of us get in the end zone, even if it didn't count, it meant a lot to our people, Rich. <laughs> Ross Tucker, I think I think it mean it meant so much to a lot of people. Not to get too deep, but what the hell? To anybody, you know, who works so hard at what they do, and and it's a team effort at whatever job that they do, or whatever class that they're taking, or whatever they're doing, you know, for the collective of whatever the collective may be for them to just say, you know what, screw it, I'm just gonna do like snap at the like just kind of snap. And and take the lead when nobody when it's not appropriate to or it's not expected to just screw it. and then just go for the gusto and then act like you've been there before. 
and hope it <laughs> and hope nobody notices. It really was just one of the greatest moments I've ever seen on a football field, and I'm not exaggerating. It really was incredible. I loved it. Every second. Yeah, you know, it, it's <laughs> funny too because I don't think people realize just how athletic you have to be to even be an NFL offensive lineman, right? Like, he has, you know, he averaged 19 points in basketball. I'll never forget when I got moved, Rich, from defensive line to offensive line in college, uh, my coaches at Princeton, they said, do you think you're a better basketball player than the Michigan offensive line? Because your alma mater had just won the national championship in 97. And, And, you know, I was a pretty good high school basketball player, so I thought, no, they're not. Meanwhile, then I get to Washington as a rookie, and like John Jansen and those guys, John Jansen, got his first scholarship offer was from Michigan when he was playing in the state championship in basketball in 10th grade. Like, you can't be a slug and be on an NFL field, period. Like, all these guys played tight end or played basketball or maybe even, you know, played D-line. There's not a lot of them that were just, you know – big-boned linemen their whole life. Ross Tucker of Ross Tucker Football Podcast fame, as well as uh, Westwood One. He called the game last night uh, with Ian Eagle and calls games uh, all over the map right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's just flip the script a little bit here. Uh, We hear about let's bury the film, et cetera, et cetera, when something doesn't go well for a team that's otherwise terrific. Cowboys, for instance, is one. Uh, Did the Ravens have the bury the film? game last night what do you think on that one well i don't think they can afford to do that because the dolphins had a really good plan for them that the ravens didn't solve all night and i think that's probably the one thing that people don't understand enough about the nfl it's one of the reasons why belichick and the patriots have been so good you know rich you you have a totally different plan or you come up with some plan every week that you think accentuates your strengths and attacks their weaknesses, and it can look to – that's why upsets happen, because the team has a really good plan, you don't have a good plan, and that's enough for them to be able to beat you even though you're better than them. Now, certainly, they just played the Vikings in overtime on Sunday. They played a lot of snaps. I mean, they kind of looked like a lethargic team. And who knows if the game would have been different. I don't know what Sammy Watkins was doing on that first drive, if the Ravens had got more of a lead, if I hadn't jinxed my brother from another mother, <laughs> Justin Tucker. You know, who knows what happened. But the point is, is, Rich, they did the same thing the whole night. They came with a zero blitz, which means it's man-to-man across the board. They liked their corners, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. And they said, we don't think Lamar can beat us against the blitz. And they couldn't. You know, the, their corners matched up well on the Ravens' receivers. Lamar was a little off, and the Ravens didn't have a very good answer. So they can't afford to bury the tape because that's what the next team's going to do, and the next team after that, until they prove that they can be. And that's why the, the way the NFL works. You know, if you have an issue, if you're bad against the bull rush, the next game you play, that guy is going to bull the crap out of you until you prove you can stop it. Ross Tucker here on the Rich Eisen Show. It's our, our new normal, like right now, uh, one game into week 10. So many teams coming off of a bye. Some teams have played their half of their season, a little bit more than half of their season. There's really no such thing as half a season anymore. It's kind of right around now. 
So at this point, the best team you've seen with your own two eyes and all the football that you've called so far this year is which team? Ross Tucker. Uh, I still think it's the Bucks. I mean, I, I think you can make an argument for the Rams. I am unbelievably impressed with what Vrabel has done with the Titans. I mean, I just – he is an awesome coach. Former teammate of mine. I, I had no idea he'd be this this good of a coach. But I still think it's Tampa Bay. I mean, they're a little bit banged up right now. But, I mean, I always look at it like this, Rich. If there was a series of five games played, like, in my backyard or played in Wichita, Kansas or something like that, who would – I would take the Bucks. I mean, I would still take Tampa, which is why I half-jokingly said – when the Rams signed Odell, I saw, you know, everybody says, oh, they're all in, and Von Miller and Odell. I said, well, now all they need to do is get Brady, and, and I guarantee they win it. <laughs> mm, yeah. All they need to do is get – because here's the thing, Rich. I was thinking about this, and I know Brockman's into this kind of stuff. When's the last team to win it with a quarterback who's never won a playoff game? It, you know, usually there's like – you got to walk before you can run in the postseason. Now, usually you're doing it with the same franchise. And obviously, Kurt Warner, your guy did it. But I, I was trying to think, who's the last team where the quarterback won the Super Bowl even though he had never won a single playoff game before? Well, I guess let's, let's, let's game this out a little bit here. Uh, and it'll be easy since, you know, Brady, we know Brady's one of them, right, from 2001. Yeah. So we can, we can then work our way the other direction. Um. Hmm. How about Holmes had won a playoff game? I, I mean, how about Foles? You know, how about that one? Um, oh, that's, that's a great that's, call. That's, that's, that, that's a great call. But that's not. I mean, he but came he in. He, he, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Like, who's a starter an entire year? My first thought was Flacco. Flacco but yeah. did Flacco win a playoff game before no, the year no, that they no, won no. in the Flacco Super Bowl? Won a bunch of playoff games oh. before they won. They, Flacco and Harbaugh won a playoff game. Like three or four straight years before they yeah, won. The yeah, Super Bowl. that's that. That had to have been a case, right? Russell Wilson. Hmm. I don't know. Well, Russ had won a no, playoff no, no, game the year before they won it. Yeah, right. That's yeah. true. I mean, so here comes. So you think like again? I, I don't know. Question. Hold on a second. Lions fans would say, I don't know why TJ's getting up right now because I'm about to slag on his Cowboys. But uh, you know, Lions Lions fans would definitely say that they won a playoff game in in Dallas, but uh, there was an, <laughs> a, a terrible flag. So Stafford kind of won a playoff game. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. That's another one right there. Well, oh, no, no, I, that no, no, that was not his rookie. That was not his rookie season. He didn't win the Super Bowl. That he didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Jeez. He won playoff games before winning it. Yeah, I, I, that's that's an interesting <laughs> thing. I, I don't know, I mean, man. It might, it might not be an issue, and he's got experience, but I don't know. He's never been in an NFC Championship game. He's never been in a divisional round game. It just seems like that would be pretty impressive. Now, Foles did it, so you had a great answer, but it would be pretty impressive to win a divisional round game against a good team, where, you know, the Cardinals or the yeah. Bucks. Then you win the NFC Championship. I mean, that's, that's a lot to ask of a guy, you know, in his first kind of – playoff run so to speak well i mean arizona clearly is going to be in that conundrum when they make the playoffs this year right and then kyler's going to get his first run uh in the second season you know when that happens and i know their their lone loss came against a green bay team uh that did not have Devontae adams on a short week and went in and hit him in the mouth but what do you think last one for i guess about arizona's long-term prospects this year then yeah, well, obviously, they're really talented, but just as, as you and I are talking through it, when we get to the playoffs and Arizona plays the Packers or Arizona plays the Bucks, 
I'm not picking Arizona to win that game. I mean, they might, but it's kind of like, and, and, I, and I shouldn't be this way, but it's kind of like I'll believe that the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray can beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers or Tom Brady and the Bucks when I see it. And I feel that way a little bit about Stafford and the Rams. And the one thing I haven't heard anybody mention is I'm kind of wondering, Rich, if Aaron Rodgers is mad right now at the Packers. You know, did, did he want them to go in on Odell? Well, we haven't heard that, but we know that he wants them to be more aggressive. Kind of sounds like if they were more aggressive, maybe they could have got him. I haven't heard anybody talk about what Aaron's thinking right now because maybe, maybe they lose to the Rams in the NFC Championship game and Odell has three touchdowns and Rodgers flips out again this offseason. Well, Odell's first game as a Ram is going to be at Green Bay because he's not going to play this week. Then it's a bye week. Then they're at Green Bay. But to be honest with you, I think that that's just geography. Uh, I heard when it all came down to it, he was he either was going to go home to New Orleans or come to nice, warm, big city Los Angeles, you know, and the, like the big city uh, and Von Miller's friendship kind of trumps everything. And and going yeah, and you know what like Rich? that might have been it you know that might have something it might be much ado about nothing with Rodgers anyway you know when it comes down to it with with Odell is what I'm saying yeah you know? and you know what I'll give Odell a lot of credit in the sense that it really wasn't about money and it really wasn't about getting the ball I mean I I, I do think everybody likes Los Angeles all you guys like living out there number one and I also think. He wants to try to chase a ring. So a lot of guys say it's not about the money or it's not about the touches. He kind of proved it. Ross, what are you calling this week? I know you got to go to a production meeting. What's next for you this weekend? Uh, so three games in four days. I did Maction Wednesday. I did uh, the game last night. And then Bucknell at Army tomorrow. I do all the Army games for yes. CBS Sports Network. Yeah, right. I love it. That's so cool. Enjoy that. Let's chat again soon, maybe right before Army-Navy. How does that sound? Let's connect. If oh, before. that'd be awesome. Yep, I'll I be doing it. that game. Thanks, I, Rich. I bet you will. Thanks again. That's Ross hey, Tucker Ross. right here on the Rich Eisen Show for big men everywhere. You know, Jeff Schwartz called it. I've never heard this before. When a big man scores a touchdown, a thick six. <laughs> <laughs> With two never, C's. With like two that. C's. Thick two C's. Right. That I've never crazy. heard that before. Thick six. T-H-I-C-C six. Love it what he calls it funny i know okay fun stuff right there phone calls set up the tj's big ass grab bag also still to come our halfway through the season ish rich eisen show nfl awards Mm -hmm. we got lots to talk about on the hardwood as well still to come right on the program Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
This is the Rich Eisen Show. We welcome you back here to the Rich Eisen Show. We just spent the last couple minutes on Peacock <laughs> and on Sirius XM talking about how Jay Fel- Jason Feller, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. on Instagram, Jay Felly, okay, um, has got uh, his Raiders practice jersey or practice like warm-up jersey on. And you wanted a number 20. Is there a specific reason? Well, uh, tell him, Jay. Yeah, let's my, my hockey number, and it's recently vacant. So we'll tell him why. Right. <laughs> used to be Arnett. He's not there anymore. So. Oh, okay. Damon yeah. Arnett used to be 20. <laughs> okay. So, so we're glad that. that. Let's just put it this way. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not seeing at Jay Felly any of his similar videos. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you wanted to be at J A Y F E L L Y. Correct. Because you're Jason Feller. Correct. Uh, and they came back. Who's they? Who's who, who's the offending uh, party here? Let's call them out. Let's call them out right now. Uh, I ordered it off an Instagram site. Oh, it see, was, now that's your problem. Now, it wasn't even you like gotta go official. You got to go, fe- you gotta go yeah. official because that's how somebody didn't, didn't puts Jay Felt yeah. it was on an F-E-L-L-T. It was the day after my surgery. Yeah, he was so still hopped up on There was still a lot of morphine going through me. And- Maybe so the same person was... Hopped up on morphine with the with the hot <laughs> press, you know. But see, we're trying to... a T there when it's a Y. Like, so they saw the Y and they put down the T and just shipped it off to you. Yeah. And you're and you're fine with it. You're gonna walk no, around they're... with a J felt. <laughs> well, I tell you, Rich. Now oh. we're trying to turn the negative into a positive. Now with him, so we're going to try to come up with ways for him to use it. Like, give him a podcast, and you're gonna. Now know how Jay felt. Yeah, how did Jay you know, felt? Like oh, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> what, so, how do you? Is it better than Ask Del Tufo? Like Jay failed or Ask Del Tufo? Well, I think we should give Jay a segment just to make Del Tufo jealous because of all the time that he's missing <laughs> doing work for other people. I do love that. So well, if we t- give him the weather, then look out. <laughs> I told oh, I told wow. Feller he's kind of like you know when you got a knuckleball or a specialist pitcher yes. in baseball, Change you got your treats. own camera, yeah. your own sorry, your own catcher. That yeah, yeah. You know I'm a knuckleballer. Yeah. He's like my own special grab bag <laughs> catcher because he's here every Friday. Okay, so very good. We've kind of got. I'm like Charlie Huff or Phil Negro when he's. Oh, what's in the box? Very good. Well, that's coming up. That's coming up shortly. TJ's big ass grab bag. But your problem is anybody who puts their own name, Super customizing weird. their own name on the back of a professional sports jersey. I think if you have a name, what's of your a problem? Player, why do you care? It's so it's weird. Why? You don't play for the team. But so Chris, what? It's a way for you to feel that way. You're a diehard fan. You're part of the team. You so get the jersey of your favorite player. But Chris, here's the deal, right? You spend two fifty for an authentic uh, NFL football jersey, right? And you right. get uh, Joe Schmo on the back, and then you're a fan of this team. And then three years later, Joe Schmo's gone. Now you're stuck with a Joe Schmo jersey when you could have spent that two fifty. Got your own name on there, and you have it forever because you're a lifelong fan. That's yeah, just I'm one way to anywhere. look at it. That's weird. You know, also super weird. <laughs> How's that? Se- Seahawks fans who get the twelve, and it says "fan" on the back. Get over yourself. Well, that th- that makes it look like you know. You know what it says? It, it that I have a problem with because now that what that looks like is it's it just came uh, like the default. Like it's like. It's like taking. It's like it's like you buy a frame and you keep the fake picture in it <laughs> and you put it up in your house. And you put it up in your house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? It's just like it says fan. Like, come on, let's right. let's step the game up <laughs> like, there. Like, like I get it's twelve. Why is it twelve? Is it your favorite player twelve? No, it's like where are the twelves. The 12s? I totally fan. get that. Yeah. But it just says fan on the back. Yeah, like, nah, come on. Like you gotta, yeah. you know, just switch it up a little bit. But I don't have a problem with the name. Again, I have a problem with somebody who's like. 60 70 years old going to a game of somebody who's 21 like honestly like whatever jet fan like i'm rooting for some 60 year old you know 
firefighter out there in New Jersey As a wearing Mike White jersey? a Zach Wilson jersey. Oh. Like literally the guy Nobody's needs to be carded. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Like you know, but if he wears a Namath jersey, all good, man. I think it's cool actually like like Jefferson. So if there was a Jefferson on the Cowboys, you get a Jefferson jersey. That's cool cuz you're kind of double there dipping go. there. Like that's neat. There's not, but you know. Do you have <laughs> have you put your name on the back of uh, a jersey? Yeah, surprisingly I and I didn't make this. Uh-huh. Uh back in the day I used to have connections with like Reebok and stuff and so uh, someone that worked there was a friend of mine and got me a Steelers authentic jersey yeah. that said Jefferson on okay. the back. I didn't make it myself though, like I said. Oh, okay. But yeah. That's just now this is a jersey guy. He's a jersey guy. Okay. Big time. He loves his jerseys. Um and he doesn't put his name on the back of it. And he has many different teams that he could do that with because he roots for an insane number of teams. Oh my god. So that's <laughs> one reason why I think you could be wrong here, Chris. You know, are you rooting for Penn State this weekend against my alma mater? I root for Penn State every weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's on the line? Nothing. He doesn't care. Because if they lose, it doesn't matter. There's Pitt. They won last night. Yeah, they Pitt, beat I mean, North Carolina. Pitt Great. Congratulations. The rain He's been night. raving about them all day or not. Who does Florida State play this weekend? That I don't even know. See, he doesn't even know. <laughs> but they're his team. But they're his team. And Penn State, eh. But the varsity plays you, Sunday, man. Uh, varsity plays Sunday. What do you mean? They play by Florida State Miami this week, uh, TJ. Oh, that is, I thought oh, this was yeah, that, I thought that was next there's week. There's that. Florida State Miami. See, that's what happens. If you just focus on one, I know who Michigan's playing. Because yeah. I'm locked in. Gotcha. Do you? I mean, sure. Syracuse <laughs> <laughs> at Louisville this week. Who's where's what? Who's it? We're at Louisville. He had to look Who's that up, we? by the way. Who's Syracuse? we? Oh. That's a we, but you won't put Brockman on the back of I paid money to go there. He won't put Brockman on back of a Syracuse. I'm not shirt. putting he had Brockman to look on a 44 jersey. He didn't know, he didn't know who they nuts? were playing until he just looked it up, by the way. So, Check by the Michigan's playing Penn State. Well, I knew that. Straight up at noon. TJ's Big Ass Grab Bag coming up.